What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasberry. This is Frank Pelican, and you're listening to the Quick Cage. Frank, which movie are you going to talk to us about tonight? So, in keeping with the holiday spirit, <laughs> yes. Um, tonight we're talking about uh, 1964 so comedy, uh, Trapped in Paradise. Um, so so excited for those, yeah. Co-starring uh, John Lovitz, Dana Carvey, uh, Machinamic, um, John Ashton, the My Two Dads lady who you just brought up. Um, so the basic premise of this movie is Nicolas Cage plays Bill Furpo, who you're led to believe from the start of the movie is this um, kind of mild-mannered... Um, Really just sort of like all shucks, uh, honest restaurant manager, um, who lives with his mom. Um, he has two brothers who are both felons. Um, one in jail because he is a kleptomaniac and one in jail because he's, I mean, he's a compulsive liar. I don't know what he did to go to jail. I don't know if they ever say. Um, John Lovitz is the compulsive liar. Uh, Dana Carvey is the kleptomaniac. Um, because there is a soon to be a large influx of criminals into the penal system in New York City, um, or New York State, uh, the two Furpo brothers are being paroled early. Um, so they come and basically ruin Nicolas Cage's life. Um, they trick him into this idea of going to this town. They, they trick him into thinking that he's a suspect in an armed robbery that they've committed. Not even an armed robbery, just a robbery robbery. Like a really dumb robbery. Um, so they go to this town in Pennsylvania called Paradise, uh, hence the title, um, at Christmas time with the idea that they're going to rob this, um, well, Supposedly to go deliver this letter to the daughter of this inmate that's on death row. Um, but really to rob this bank that the two Purple brothers heard about in jail. Um, so they go there. Uh, Nicholas Cage in the span of about three minutes changes from being like a very morally uprighteous, um, do-gooder square to being a smarmy, lady charming bank robber. Mm-hmm. Um, for no reason, really. So they rob the bank. Um, they kind of get away with it, but then there's a blizzard in the town and they crash their car and then they get taken in by this family. And it turns out the family is the manager of the bank and his wife and son and Machen Amic, who Nick Cage was flirting with at the bank. And they find out that now the bank's going to go under because 
the money they stole was all the money the bank had for people's like Christmas fund or some shit. Um, I don't know, whatever. This movie's not worth talking about. It, there's some other stuff that happens. Dana Carvey and Nicolas Cage gain some sort of like conscience about the whole thing. Nicolas Cage, for no reason, falls in love with Machinomic after like, like literally like 10 minutes of screen time together in conversation. And oh, like, no, shit. It was like 10 seconds of screen time. Come on. It's well, like, there's, there's about a two minute scene in the bank. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a four minute scene in the house and on the way to the church. And then after the whole church thing happens, it's like another three minutes. So it's, it's, it's about 10 minutes total in the first 40 minutes of this movie. And they don't even really share anything because neither of them is telling the other person who they are. So they're not even like being honest, but whatever. It's at least this movie's problems. Um, they steal a horse, drawn carriage, and then there's these dudes, mafia guys that were in jail with the Furpos, which is how they found out about the bank, that break out of jail again, like just out of nowhere and with no real like explanation, except that they hijacked a laundry truck during a blizzard. You know, and because mm-hmm. Rikers Island is like super easy, I guess, just to walk in and out of. Um, so the criminals kidnap the Furpo's mom and drive to paradise and then end up, um, like basically getting in a standoff with them. Um, everybody in the town forgives the Furpo's because they bring the money back and get it back to the church. And the end result is that, uh, Carvey and, um, Lovitz go back to New York with their mother and Nicolas Cage and Machinomic side to, I guess, live together in this fucking small town because he's a changed man and they're in right. love. And stuff, so, right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this fucking movie. Uh, I've watched a lot of shit over the past year plus of doing the, or roughly one year of doing the quick cage. Mm-hmm. I guess we're like almost two months away from the like one year mark. Um, we're like two weeks away from the one year mark, right? Yeah, whatever. Three weeks. We're on forty-seven, right? Isn't that what this is? Forty-five. Yeah, so we got seven episodes, right? Yeah, but we started. I don't know what happened, but like we started. Um, it was. Uh, we figured it out. It was like it doesn't matter. February 1st or something like that was like when we're like a month away. So I've watched a lot of shit over the past year involving Nicolas Cage. And I've watched some good stuff and some of the shit has been fun. And I have never. Mm -hmm. Give it to me. I have never. loathed the movie with him. As much as I loathe this movie. So, number one, it pretends to be a comedy, but it's not funny. Mm-hmm. There's nothing funny about this shit. It's not. Like, Nicolas Cage is just a dick. Like, he's a dick when he's a morally upright, holier-than-thou fucking asshole. Then, he's a dick when he all of a sudden turns into the fucking dude from um, Valley Girl, where he's, like, this hipster cooler than everybody else like fucking wannabe bank robber. Then he's a dick when he's 
still a bank robber, but then also this morally uprighteous bank robber that wants to return the money. Like, there's never a point where Nicolas Cage is not just, like, a piece of shit in this movie. And, like, it's supposed to be endearing, I guess. Like, you're supposed to think, like, oh, well, this is, like, this guy is a heart of gold. Really, like, you know, he just wants to be loved or whatever. But he doesn't. Like, he's just just an asshole. Mm -hmm. Dana Carvey, and I forgot this about Dana Carvey because it's been a long time since he's really, like, been in my... I don't know, like immediate consciousness or whatever, but uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's all just this weird fucking pinch jaw vocal fry. <laughs> and it like his motivations and actions make no sense. He's just a fucking lunatic that just causes trouble for everyone. Like, if they're criminals, they should have murdered this motherfucker. Like, I know he's their brother and everything, but it's like even, like, all the Fratellis had their own, you know, like, bonuses to him. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude's just, he doesn't do anything good. Like, he's always fucking, like, getting him in trouble because he's always stealing some shit. And nobody ever notices he's stealing any shit. He just steals shit for, like, no reason. And I understand he's left the maniac, but whatever. And then Lovitz. The only thing, do, do you want to know the one time I laughed in this movie? And it wasn't a legitimate laugh. It was a laugh. I laughed because of how like fucking stupid the, the script was. Is is the, is the supposed comic bit where he's stealing the gravy, like where he just keeps piling gravy onto his plate because he's got to take everything. Talking about all the giblets. Yeah, and he's just like he's he just like fills the whole plate up with gravy because he's like Wait, so. Oh. Yeah, I really like the gambling gravy. Yeah, gravy. It, it, yeah. yeah, I really like it a lot. Yeah, fuck, fuck. <laughs> so there's all that. Uh-huh. Machinomic is very attractive at this point. This is like her, I don't know, two just, moon, post, post two moon just junction. In, just in her defense, Machinomic is still attractive to this day. <clears throat> She's like gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, Early twenties, Machinomic, like post Twin Peaks, post Two Moon Junction, like super famous and not even maybe super famous, but like she was pretty desirable, I think, at the time. Like a lot of like men were attracted to her. Complete non-entity in this movie, like just a just a lifeless husk of like nothingness that's only there to provide a pretty face for Nicolas Cage to like be in love with. Which also is like moderately unbelievable too that either of them like uh, anyway. All the jokes are crass. Mm-hmm. Just it's really like poorly plotted and obvious. It's so it's so fucking long. Like yeah. the thing's like two hours long. And I love movies that take place in the snow. Like you know we've we've talked about this before. Like mm-hmm. if a movie takes place in the snow, a lot of times I'll forgive certain like faults to it just because I like it so much. And there's honestly plenty of times watching this movie where I thought like, man, this movie looks really nice. Like they're really capturing like whatever, like that cold wintry feel of like a blizzard and but like man, every time just so oh and long. Like it's two hours long. Uh-huh. Like there's no reason for a con there's no reason for a comedy. There's also no reason for a comedy if you're going to make one, to make it two hours long. Especially if you're not going to make me laugh. And I was watching it and thinking, like, 
you know, people give me shit for not liking comedies, but this is why. Like, mm-hmm. somewhere, some people have laughed at this thing. Yeah. For yeah. no reason. Yeah, like, and to, to, to your point, right, it's like Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is a 10%. The audience score is a 41%. So there's like 41% of people that like this movie. Uh, 41% of those people never came. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, like, I'm trying, uh, the whole time I was watching, I was trying to find elements that I could say, like, okay, well, like, at least there's this, or at least, right, there's this character that isn't necessarily, like, awful or whatever. And there's definitely characters that are. I'll say one positive thing. I'll say one positive thing about this movie. Go ahead. Seriously. Is I think Donald Moffat, who plays the father and the owner of the bank does as good of a job with the material that he's given as he possibly can. So, cool. Except that there's no thing to any of these people. Like, he's just... They're just all empty, like, ciphers that are there. Oh, yeah, the characterization and the script are fucking terrible. I'm saying that Donald Moffat, I think, does... It pulls as much out of a nothing character. An empty... Husk, as you call it, yeah, of a yeah, character. Yeah. It, uh, like, fine, I agree with that. Like, that's, look, that's, he's, that's the, that's the he's, only positive I had to say about this movie rewatching. His performance is okay. Mm-hmm. I think the mother's performance is okay. Like, yeah, there's yeah, a couple yeah. couple things there where I thought, like, oh, that's 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 fine. Yeah. Um, there's a subplot where the two town deputies who happen to be the two town convenience store clerks. Mm-hmm have this idea that they're going to catch they know it's the Furpo brothers that are the ones that um stole the money yes. and they're going to catch them like that's their thing but you get the impression that they want to catch them so they can steal the money mm-hmm. not so they can be the heroes and they consistently put themselves and other people in harm's way including brandishing a loaded gun in public yes and it's never really explained like what their true motivation is. Right. And at the end of the day, nothing really happens to them. They just kind of like get off with a stern talking to from um, what's his name who plays the FBI uh, guy? That's Richard Jenkins. Yeah. yeah, Richard Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. man. And that, one know. of those deputies is played by the great John Ashton, who is Taggart in Beverly Hills Cop. Right. Um, which is again is another great <clears throat> character actor, like for certain types of roles and just completely just fucking worthless here. Yeah. So like I wanted to write down some lines, but I'm not gonna lie. Twenty five minutes into this movie, I almost turned this movie off mm-hmm. and just I was like, I'm just gonna read the Wikipedia description, I'll just talk about it. <laughs> no one will ever be any wiser. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch like a review on mm-hmm. YouTube. Mm-mm, you got to do it. You I know. You have to do it. If anyone knows, I know. So I sat right. there and I poured myself a fucking huge ass glass of wine, which I would uh-huh. normally not do uh-huh. on a what night did I watch this? Monday night, I guess. Monday night, I think, yeah. On a Monday night. And I got a little buzz and I just sat here and watched this movie. And. I actually got angry at myself because (laughs) at the end of it, 
I was kind of like, yeah, you know what? Like, it's cool that they're together. Like, that's that that's a fine ending. And then I was thinking, like, no. Like, they didn't earn it. Like, there's no reason to even care about this. Like, you fucking sucker. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like, getting sucked into this shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I... Uh, uh, you see, this yeah, is, I, this is, this is, this is, um, you take the pain for these people. Listen, that's, that's, that, that's I, why I came up with this catchphrase, like for this, for this damn podcast, like, so other people don't have to watch some of these fucking movies. You watch them. I guarantee there's people sitting down watching Trapped in Paradise, the Southeast. Yeah. And enjoying themselves. And I want to find those people and I just want to have a conversation. It's like. It's like, I just want to know why. It's like that night at the bar when I had that long conversation with the fucking neo-Nazis. You uh, know, I just want to know why. Like, right. how are you so wrong about everything? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you believe this thing that's so inaccurate in that this movie has any value or work? It's like, it doesn't. It's got nothing. It's terrible. It's, it's awful. Yes. 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 I don't even think you're being but harsh enough on this thing. So, because um, it, it's... It's almost like not even worth the the additional headache and heartache in my life. Like I, I was so mad at you sitting here watching this movie because I could I could tell you were angry from the couple of texts. I was just thinking like this fucking asshole went and saw this movie in the theater. I did. Like, I did. You, I saw it in nineteen ninety four. Yep me me and me and Eric Watt I realized is, is who saw it. Me and Eric Watts saw it. Um, and yeah, and I hated it then. I hated it when I was 14 years old. I knew this movie was a fucking piece of shit. <clears throat> and I've been waiting, 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 waiting for you to get to this damn movie. Here's, here's my, here's my text. It was Monday. It was Monday at seven thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I was crying over one of the movies that you had me watching for a podcast. Dude, this movie is unwatchable. Like, okay. I have to find something else to do while it plays. It's seriously <laughs> making me angry. Uh-huh. And then you said yes. That means you're properly feeling it. And I said I'm talking about Crafting <laughs> Paradise. Just to be clear. And you said I understood. And I said twenty six minutes in, it feels like an hour. I'm going to save all my hate for Wednesday so I can unload. I've had a long week since then, so the hate's been like spilled out elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Then we started talking about other stuff, and then at nine twenty nine, so this must have been right as the movie was ending. Uh-huh. I'm like, this dude wrote Midnight Run. That explains everything. So I was sitting there thinking, like, fucking Chris, man, him and his goddamn Midnight Run, and his fucking ass John Lovitz comedy. Mm-hmm. And I had texted you Friday night when you were at work. <laughs> When I was watching this again for the second time in my life, just to be prepared for this, HBO Max went down while I was watching Trapped in Paradise. It feels like it was trying to save me from myself. It was. It It was. And I didn't listen. Came back. This movie's fucking terrible. From the conception of this movie, and you texted me, you, you I don't know if you probably remember this, but you didn't go far enough in the text, is you made the statement about, is his, what's his name, Frank Gallo, is that right? Um, oh, yeah, the director. 
George George Gallo. Um, yeah. Um, is oh, this is the dude that wrote Midnight Run. <laughs> no fucking wonder, something like that. Oh. Yeah, it's your, that's your fault, fucking Midnight Run. Midnight Run's not my fault. You love Midnight Run. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't watched Midnight Run since I was eight years old, maybe yeah, nine but you years know old. You always, but I, you, always, you always bring up Midnight Run. Midnight Run, look, I'm I'm a fan of Charles Grodin. Midnight Run and Running Scared. And I'm, Charles, I'm Charles Grodin, Mark. Oh, yeah, I, like I, I, mark I mark out over Charles Grodin. I don't know what to say. Charles Grodin's fine. I think he's I'm great. Sure Midnight Run is fine. I haven't watched Midnight Run in a hundred years. But well, look, he just wrote it. He didn't direct it. This was like this guy's second movie that he directed. So I, I really did a deep dive on this movie um, when I was watching it. Because I, what I was trying to figure out is, so maybe I'm ignorant. We should have Jimmy Custis on here so he could like walk us through this process maybe. But like, okay, so an actor gets a script, right? Like, you know, and the actor reads the script. Now, I don't know if they just read their scenes, if they read the entire script. I'm assuming they read the entire script for these principles, at least anyway, right? They read this entire script and these actors sign on to this movie. Like, they, they look at this and say, like, this is viable. Or their agent maybe reads it and is like, you should do this. Like, this is a good move. So I really started looking at the careers of all these people as I was fucking watching this movie um, and also drinking. And trying to figure out, plotting these actors' careers, is like, was this a good risk? Like, a good endeavor out of all of this? And it's like... So here's what I figured out. Is that it was, actually. It was. And that's the saddest thing of all of it, is for all of these actors and actresses, this was a good risk, this movie. Because these motherfuckers all thought, like Nicolas Cage, here's what Nicolas Cage thought. I'm going to tell you. He thought, he, was, he thought this was just George Bailey. That's what he thought fucking Bill Furpo was. Was he's going to Bill Furpo was going to be new, new George Bailey possibly, if it was handled correctly, he would go down in history <clears throat> as like the as the as the modern Christmas classic if it was done right. That's what he thought. Because you have to look at Cage's career during this point, right? It's like if you look at what else he does this year alone, and what he does this year is I know it could happen to you is this year. Um there was something else this year. Uh guarding Tess, right? It's like he does three com two comedy romances and one comedy in all in one year. It's like he's coming off wild at heart and then he does honeymoon in Vegas, Amos and Andrew, Deadfall and Red Rock West, which are kind of two indie movies. But it's like you can see in 92, he doesn't know what to do with himself. And it's because I think of Moonstruck, Raising Arizona, Vampire's Kiss, all that kind of stuff. He's trying to be a comedian. He doesn't know what to do. So he's signed on to comedies and comedy romances specifically. So we can sit there and see if like he's got some kind of like like rom-com, like leading man role. And it's not until the next year where he wins an Oscar and he can kind of have his pick of what he wants to do. And that's when he tries to turn into an action star. He's trying to, he's signing on to this thinking he can be like Jimmy Stewart. That's what he thinks. 
I don't think he was just kind of pigeonholed into comedies for the most part at this point in his life. It might be. God, they're bad comedies in picks too. But um, <clears throat> so Dana Carvey nipping in Red Rock West and well, that's Amy right? But he's doing, but that's lower budget indie stuff. Wild and Heart. That's right, right. So he's got that like Lynch thing going on. But I'm saying it's like that's in '90. By '94, the best he can get in terms of drama of any sort is indie movies, Deadfall and Red Rock West. Um, so, which I'll be interested in when you watch Deadfall again, because I remember liking that movie too. Kind of like Red Rock West back when I was yeah, it's four, 14, 14 years old or whatever. It's free for Frank right now. Somewhere. Mm. Um, so, I get why Cage did this. Um, Dana Carvey is gone from SNL the year before this movie. His tenure ends. So, like, Dana Carvey is looking for... He's trying... This is him trying to make it, which he does eventually in Master of Disguise. Um, John Lovitz has nothing going on in his life. Nothing. He can just take anything. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, he just wants to take... He wasn't doing The Critic at this point? Um, Oh... That was maybe that that could have yeah. been like yeah, but it's like, are you getting paid that much for voice work? I I really don't know. Like, well, I mean, he was a pretty popular guy on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, fuck John Lovitz. Um, <clears throat> he's funny occasionally, not in this movie. Um, Majinomic again makes sense. She's trying to break through into Hollywood. She's trying to get that, like, you know, leading lady role in something. And again, I think they all think maybe if this is handled correctly, this could be something like the modern It's a Wonderful Life. And it just fails in every single way. And everybody's tainted from this in the end. You know what John Lovitz did in 1994? What? City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly. He did. Yeah, right. Because Bruno Uh, Bruno Kirby wouldn't take another payday. Right. And North, yeah, good, 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 good job. Good year, John Lovitz. Fantastic year. Fucking conservative. Um, John Lovitz can go fuck himself. Um, he deserves this bad year. Um, Donald uh, Moffat doing Donald Moffat. I don't blame whatsoever. Um, for taking this, like, this is a guy that's like a Broadway fucking thespian, like, you know, who does like minor roles and different stuff. So I think he also did, maybe it's the year before this, he does Clear and Present Danger, where he plays the president. Um, and I think he plays LBJ in The Right Stuff at some point in the early, when is that, 82 maybe? Is that the 80s? Right Stuff? Yeah, 81, 82, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I don't blame um, Florence Stanley for taking this role because it's right up her alley. That's what she always plays. The critic was 1994. Yeah. So maybe he was just trying to get a payday and the critic like starts, you know, like he wasn't sure about it. Cause who would have thought the critic? I think these people thought this movie was funny. And I think it calls into question their humanity and I don't know. Now, see, I think my version is still sadder. I think my version is that they didn't they 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 didn't care. They just thought it could be something 
and it, they were all at the right points of their careers where they needed money or they thought it could be worth the risk, and it turns into this fucking travesty. Yeah, it's real bad. Well, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't have to watch it again, ever. So, give me the cage performance rating. I don't. I'm assuming the movie is like a whatever, a fucking F or whatever. You yeah, the cage performance is all over the place because. He goes from being regular Nick Cage, like just really calm, normal, normal guy Nick Cage, to being the wacky Nick Cage all over the place. And it's like five times the movie that should happen. I can't say. I don't know. It's it's like a five Nick Cage, I guess. Yeah. It's like crazy enough to be notable, but terrible enough to be just like super annoying. Like there's nothing good about it. No, I, no, I can't say nothing. I mean, whatever. It's like he's in a cage. He's just, he's just being himself. Which have you seen? Who that is at the time? <laughs> have you seen the, new, the 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 most recent trailer for the curse word movie that I can remember remember the name of the Netflix movie that's coming out or TV series that just starts with him like you know with this like epic camera angle. Basically, it's kind of like the face off camera angle um, at the beginning when he's the priest. Uh-huh. It's almost like they mimic that. And it's just him yelling fuck. No, I like that though. I'm looking forward to that show coming on next week. Oh, is that that? Is that soon? Uh, it's either next week or the week after. Hmm. First week of January, sometime. Did you see the, uh, uh, shit. Uh, Coming to America 2 trailer? No, uh uh. No. Is it any good? I mean, they don't really give you a lot, but, um, I mean, I I think it'll be kind of funny regardless. Um, the funniest part of the trailer to me um, was that it does show them going back to the barbershop in it. And all of those characters are still <laughs> the exact same age. It seems <laughs> like they're all they're all still there and they all just seem to be the same age. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I watched that movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Wesley Snipes kind of looks like he could be fun in it. Um, it looks like he's playing like a rival, like, uh, you know, like some sort of like a warlord or something in a rival nation or something. But yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out when it comes out. I don't think I, I don't know if I have any more movie news other than that. I've been reading like top 10 lists and those kind of things or like, you know best of the year type stuff a little bit here and there when they come in my feed. But I've seen a lot of movies this year, but I've never I haven't thought about what my top ten would be. Yeah. I um Yeah. Yeah, I think I know what my number one is, like out of the movies that I've seen that are came out this year. But um Yeah, I understand your number one. I don't know if I agree with it, but like I get it. I really like that movie a lot. Maybe not as much as you. Oh, that's not fair. I, I, I thought it was pretty great. He marked out for over the way they hard, had, like when it when it when it came out. <clears throat> I did, but I I don't really I haven't thought about it at all really since then. Like, I felt like it was really impactful, and then it just kind of 
Um, just was gone out of my head. What was that movie called that we were just talking about? Which which one? The one that I think is the best of the year? No, no, no. I know. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember that. Why can't why why is Wikipedia not giving me like a sufficient list here? When did the Bad Boys for Life come out? That was this year, wasn't it? it no, 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 definitely was. Oh, it came out in January. That's why. Okay, because it's the it's the it's the highest domestic gross of the year. And that was <laughs> right. I didn't realize when it came out. It came out in January. That's why. So yeah, Bad Boys for Life is going to end up being the highest domestic gross in 2020. Isn't that something? Isn't that a fucking marker for 2020? That is saying something. Well, I mean, I, like, what could come out? There's all kinds of stuff that I really wanted to see. Well, ten, well, Tenet would have been higher than that, probably. I mean, obviously, like... Well, you um, know, I wouldn't have... Well, yeah, in terms of gross... Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, not in terms of my estimation. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I have to go through the movies that I saw this year, but um, I like that Becky movie. I know you weren't that big of a fan, but I enjoyed it. I don't remember what movie you're talking about. Uh, the movie where the young girl was angry at her dad for getting with the new mother, and then the criminals break out of jail and like basically murder him. But she is a worse murderer and she kills all of them. Frank, we never talked about this movie. You should read it. <laughs> Positive. No idea what the Kevin James said it. Nope. Joe McHale? No. We never talked about this movie. I didn't tell you about Frank. Kevin James playing this. Um... You told me about it and we never, but I never watched it. We never like had a discussion about like the actual like watching of this movie. I haven't, I, I've never yeah. seen that. I think, well, you, didn't you like pay money for it, it or something? And uh, yeah, like $5 or something. Yeah. Well, Devil All the Time. That right. That's in my top three. Uh, yeah, I think that's in my top three as well. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that I like. I still would like to watch, um, just to know. I mean, uh, like for instance, the boys in the band, which has been on like my Netflix like watch list for three months or whatever, right. four months. Um, you watch Hillbilly Elegy, right? I haven't watched it yet. No. Oh, I thought you did. Okay. I was going to, and then I didn't. I watch. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom at some point, like, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, actually, you know what? You know what's? I forgot. Fast Night probably is probably that was, my favorite. Movie. That was yeah. my favorite. That was probably my favorite. I don't know if it's the best, but it's my favorite movie of the year. Like that was like the best like viewing experience that I've had all year. I think it was very particular to like me and my circumstances at the time, but I I love that movie. I mean, I watched it sitting here in the dark. So. Yeah. Before, yeah. uh, I can't remember. That was during quarantine, right? Or was that pre-quarantine? It was after, it was actually probably like after technically quarantine. Like it was summer. Like I think it was like June, maybe like, or yeah, I think it was probably like June when I watched it. Um, just on a, uh, just on a chance, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this sci-fi movie or whatever. And I just, 
became captivated by it and just sat outside like in the fucking like on the porch for an hour and a half and just watched it. Well, that would be a good. That was that sounded it sounded like a good experience. Yeah, just casually drinking, like not going too hard, and like you know, being able to smoke leisurely, like while I was watching it, and just watch the screen in the dark. Night sky all around me when I could actually sit outside. Not like the next last month or the next three months of my life. Well, still April. Maybe. Uh, give me give me a free grade on Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. A solid B. Yeah. I faith in Patty Jenkins. I like that first Wonder Woman movie. I, I think it'll be enjoyable. What did you what would you grade the first Wonder Woman movie on the same scale? Probably B. Okay. So you think it's gonna it be has, like more of the same? Yeah, I it has like I love some parts of that Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. The stuff towards the end where she's fighting the main criminal, main yes. bad guy. Yes. I just thought it was kinda lame and like felt packed Pretty, on. Sure. Like it took the guy. I felt like it took the humanity of that movie and like what I thought was a really interesting dynamic between her and um Travers or whatever, and just turned it into like a rudimentary run of the mill, like superhero thing, but of a lesser standard. I like Wonder Woman though. No, I did. Uh, yeah, I, I I like the movie overall. I thought it was like I. Like a, I mean, I like the character. Like, I'm a sucker for Wonder Woman. Hmm. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I didn't. Really, um, I don't. I don't really care. But I thought it was a solid movie. Like, I I enjoyed watching it. Um, which we watched, not in not knowing we were going to end up watching it in the same theater. But, right in the same theater. Yeah. But um. Uh. I know I'm like generally a pessimist anyway. I I C minus. I think it's gonna be bad. You could be right. It's fine. I mean, I don't. I don't know why. I just think it's gonna be. I, I just think it's gonna be not be good. I don't know why. I don't know. Weird. I think I. I it's Kristen. Nothing... You know what it is, Kristen Wig. It's Kristen Wig. That's why I think it's gonna be a C minus. You want to hear a funny story? Uh-huh. So I don't know how much you're paying attention. Um, friend of the podcast, Jason Easter. Watched the new Ghostbusters movie recently and loved it. And let me tell you, if you ever want to hear me rant about another movie, it's that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And mostly because, like, I think it does a disservice to those women. It just, like, reduces them to, like, one-note characters that are just, like, boob and poop jokes, basically, or something. I don't I, I still, I, yeah, you watched this. I, I still never watched it. Um... I, re- I kind of refused to. And it wasn't out of any idea of, like, you know, why does it have to be, like, a fall female cast? I didn't give a fuck about that. Like, um, so much, like, you know, like, I think it's cynical. I think it's manipulative. I think it's, like, right. money grab. But, like, don't get me wrong. But it's, like, I wouldn't watch it just because I, I didn't watch it because it looked fucking terrible from the trailer. It was. Um, and then you told me it was terrible, and then I, I never I watched it. Um, Easter liked it. Easter liked it. Okay. Easter Easter loves and Easter loves all comedy though. I don't know if I've ever seen God, this should be Easter's movie for the hundredth episode. Is we should make him we should make, force him to come on and defend Ghostbusters. 
That's not a bad idea, actually. I'm down with that. <laughs> um, you know, no, we'll just Shanghai him because he'll never actually listen to the quick cage here. We'll Shanghai him at the end of whatever he wants to talk about, and we'll Shanghai him on Ghostbusters. And if I can watch it for free, then I'll um, I'll watch it beforehand and punish myself for that. I'm down. I would watch it again just to listen to Easter defend it. Okay. Yep. It's been a couple of years now, I guess, since I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Okay. So there is your holiday. <laughs> ho, ho, as, fucking as, ho. As Frank yawns his way until the end. <laughs> it, this is your, this is your holiday me. episode of Cage. Listen, um, this movie made me so angry. I couldn't sleep on Monday. Like, I was up Oh, is that like, why you were up so late? Yeah, because I was just mad. Because, like, why? Like, I have so many other things I want to watch in my life. And so many movies that are out right now or that are new to streaming that I'm super excited to see. And I can sit there and watch this fucking garbage. Right. We're watching a good one next week, though. So. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, you're watching it. I don't know. I don't know what I'm watching. Stupid. Is it new? That's old. Mm. Maybe I've seen it already. You've already seen it. Oh, You've okay. seen everything. <sighs> I have not. Too late. Not, not seen everything. Um, oh, okay. Get out of here, Patrick Stewart. All right. All right. Have a good um, holiday, everybody. I hope you'll enjoy the holiday quick cage. And it will be the, probably the only holiday quick cage. Is that right, Frank? Nah, there's another movie we can do next year. Ah, shit. Well, which should be near the end of the Quick Cage. That's fine if we save this one till the end. Well, uh, I, I mean, I think we'll probably have to go early into 2022 if I if I've done my math correctly, like on his movies. But um, but still, like it'll be close to the end. So okay, well, at least we have one more to do that with. All right, so that's good to know. All right, have a good week, everybody. Have a good holiday. Yep. We'll Happy see you holidays. next week with um, I guess a better movie. Yes.